0: this morning. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go over to Haggai, the first chapter, Haggai, the first chapter, this morning. Are we good? Thank you. Haggai, the first chapter, thank you for coming this morning. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you haven't noticed, we're serious about church because we're serious about Jesus. And I believe the day that the church is living today is a day that we need to get into the place where we're more interested in Christ than any other thing, that we need to focus our attention upon him. And I believe today the Lord is going to use this message to help refocus his church on his mission today. Father, once again, I come before you. Lord, I pray your glory, your might, your power to be evident, Lord. Lord God, as we anchor ourselves in you, Lord, I believe today that, Lord, the anointing is present, and I believe, Lord, you, the anointed one, is here. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would move in us, through us, Lord, that we may see your will accomplished Let us have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive today. In Jesus' name. Haggai, I want to read the entirety of this chapter. I'm reading out of the modern English version. And so the wording in your Bible may be somewhat different, but let's look here. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Sethiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, This people say, The time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to live in paneled houses, while this house lies in ruin. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much, harvest little. You eat, and you do not have enough. You drink, you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. He who earns wages... Earns wages to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, rebuild the house, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, it came to little. When you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? says the Lord of hosts, Because of my house that lies in ruins. While each of you runs to his own house, therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew. The earth has withheld its crops. I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on men, on livestock, and all the labor of your hands. Verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sethiel, Joshua, the son of Jehoshaddak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent, them, sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai the prophet A messenger of the Lord spoke the message of the Lord to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sethio, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts their God. Now let's look here. The history of the word of the Lord. As we see here in the book of Haggai, what had happened it's because of Israel's disobedience, because of their disobedience. The Assyrian army came in and overtook the, the, uh, the nation of Israel, leaving Judah, Benjamin there in Jerusalem, in the southern kingdom. But they themselves would not obey the Lord, and they kept setting up idols they were intermarrying with other nations and being lured away by the, uh, by the idolatrous practices. And thus the Lord spoke by the prophet Jeremiah, said, you will go into bondage for 70 years. In 70 years they went into bondage as King Nebuchadnezzar with Babylon took them and carried them away. And we see after 70 years, God began to stir the heart of a man that He was prophesied well in advance that he would give the, the directive and the, the commissioning of the remnant to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the destroyed temple. King Cyrus of Persia released that remnant and now Zerubbabel and Joshua, they carried them 50,000 back to Jerusalem. And they began as, the, as all of the provisions were provided by that king. And they came in and the first thing they erected was the altar. We'll get to that in just a minute. They erected the altar. And they began to sacrifice in the morning and in the evening each day. Then they laid the foundation of the temple. Oh, they did it with rejoicing. Ezra begins to tell the story or he tells the story of the of the foundation being erected and people were, were crying and weeping for joy and some were weeping over sorrow because of all that was lost. And it seemed that they had a, a, a fantastic start. The rebuilding of the temple. Now opposition stepped in. The Bible tells us that the enemies come in and those are trying to frustrate the work of God. They begin to use intimidation tactics. In fact, the Bible says that they demoralized in Ezra 4, verses 4 and 5. Then the people of the land demoralized. To destroy their confidence and, and they begin to lose courage and hope and, and they become discouraged. And the people of Judah terrified. Fear began to grip their heart. The enemies begin to hire counselors, those that would communicate, those that would speak not only to the people, but also speak to the political parties that be. To frustrate their purpose. Have you sensed that the enemy, through his counsel, has tried his dead level best to frustrate the purpose of the church? Trying to thwart and stop the building of the house. But then the prophet arose. We've been praying for the Lord to send forth a spirit, of prophecy in our land today. We're not interested in prophecy that is not from God. We're not interested in calling people prophets. We're not interested in all of the misnomers about prophecy what we're interested in is the Lord God Almighty proclaiming his word and there come a holy shout from the housetops uh, that the people of God need to get ready for the return of the king and it is time and high time that the church uh, stop with itching ears going to gather counselors that will tell them uh, what they need to hear let me say to you if you are trying to choke down a gospel that says that you can do what you want to do when you want to do it, then you have missed the mark. You are living in sin. It is a holy God raising up holy people with a holy desire for the whole of God. It is time, church, that we realize it is time to build the house of God. As we look here, we find out after the opposition came in after the opposition came in the work of the kingdom of God ceased. They laid down their tools. They laid down their weapons. They were in the land so they got to make ends meet. So they got busy about building their own houses. Trying to get you know enough money to make it to the end of the month. And go sell my crops and build my house and do my thing. Just busy about life. Not doing anything bad, but not really doing anything any good. Just sticking to my plan and my routine. And next thing you know, the zeal and the thrill of building the house of God just fell to the wayside. They lost their purpose. They'd lost their meaning. It wasn't just their house that God was interested in. He's gonna take care of your house. But so they go out and Haggai the prophet 18 years later brings the word of the Lord and says you say it's not time. It's not time to proclaim the word of God in your home. It's not time on the workplace. Wait a minute. I'm all masked up. I can't, I can't speak out as I once did. I can't proclaim as I once did. Oh it's not time. Lord said, I need you to consider your ways. Stop just a minute and think about it. You go out and sow, but you don't bring in enough. You go out and you, and you put on clothes, but in the winter you're never warm. You drink, but you can never quench that thirst. You can never quench that hunger. You can never satisfy that hunger deep down inside. And you take your wages and you have a a bag full of holes and you put your wages in there and it falls to the ground and it's laid in waste. The Lord said, aren't you tired of the insanity? You keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You keep building your house, building your... Once I get my house built, I'll go build God's house. Once I get my foundation laid, then I'll go lay God's foundation. Once I get my walls erected and I have shelter, then I'll make sure God has shelter. But let me declare to you, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The grandiose plans that I had for my life starting out was not even comparable, hear me young people, to the plan God had. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a plan. Start your plan. Get on your plan. But you better well know that you need to hold loosely to your plan because God may have other plans. He may use the knowledge that you obtain and you receive, but understand this. There are plans and and designs that God has that's so much bigger than anything that I could ever imagine. He'll take you further than you thought you could go. He will cause you to do more than you thought you could do. He will cause you to be more than you ever thought you could be. That's not just for the young people. That's for the middle-aged and the older, the 20-something, 30-something, the 100-somethings. Hear me. If you'll begin to build the house of God, God will take care of the rest. How do I know that? Because I had the promise of his word. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right standing with him, all those other things that we fret over, that we agonize over, that causes us to stay awake at night, that causes us to dread going to the mailbox because we know that notice is going to be there. That you find yourself in a place and think, man, I can't make it happen. I can't keep this thing going. It's insane. I am tired of it. Let me tell you, seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and all those other things will be added unto you. Don't shout me down. Consider your ways. But I say to you today, It is time. It is time. It is time to build the house. It's time to build the house. I'm not talking about just the church corporate, though that is ultimately what God is coming after his church, but I'm talking about every individual in this place getting to the, the heart. God is stirring. You notice he stirred up Joshua, the governor, the high priest. He stirred up Zerubbabel, the governor. He stirred him up. But did the, the remnant that was there, God began to stir. I just believe in the, my heart of hearts, in the inmost part of my being. It may just be a remnant, but I believe God is beginning to stir up his people. That it is time that we build the house of God. That we become the holy habitation of the Holy One, that he takes up residence in our heart and his tangible presence goes everywhere we go. And what we touch, he touches. And what he touch, we touch. And God begins to move in such a way to radicalize this world because the church of Jesus Christ needs to rise to the day because we are called not to follow but to lead. But to lead. Now, let me just throw this at you. You got your your mitts on? Catch this. This is God's intent and purpose. He prophesies, hey God, once again in chapter 2. Look there in verse 6. Hey God, 2 and 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, Hmm. I think it's been a little while, I will shake the heavens and earth. (laughs) that's a beautiful thing yes I've just lost my mind earth's been shaken hasn't it we talked about the antichrist last week when he says the heavens he's not talking about the clouds over you he's talking about the heavens the spiritual realm that dwells above that we many times refer to as the heavens above us, the atmospheres, the spiritual things. Let me tell you what the enemy is not anticipating, the shaking. God's going to shake his, he's going to shake him loose. He's going to shake him loose of your prosperity. He's going to shake, you, shake him loose of your mind. He's going to shake loose your fear. He's going to shake the heavens. I don't think the enemy anticipates in his arrogance. He thinks he has humanity over a barrel, and he's got the church backed up in a corner, and she's not coming out. But I'm telling you that God Almighty will reach his mighty hand, and he will grab hold of the nap of the neck of the enemy, and he will rattle him to the point that he doesn't know one in from the other. God said, I'm gonna shake not only the earth, but I'm gonna shake the heaven. I'm gonna shake the heavens. Let me tell you, we're not on the defeated side, we're on the winning side. It's time that we stop living like we are cowed down to the world and the world is all in control up in our business. It's time that we stand and say, no, Jesus Christ abides in here. Let me get to my message. The sea and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations. Has the nations not been shaken? They will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house. I will fill this house. I will fill this. Who's the house? I don't think somebody, Elaine, say it again. Who's the house? We are the house. I'll fill this house with glory. What is God's intent and purpose for you? It's his glory. What does God want to do for you? He wants to fill you with his glory. Watchman Nee said it this way. He said man's thought is always on the punishment that will come to him if he sins. But God's thought is always on the glory man will miss if he sins. See, we spend so much time on seeing what we can get away with. See how close to the line we can walk. And God's saying, I've got so much more for you. Church, if you'll just get away from that line, in fact, get so far into Jesus Christ, you can't even see the line anymore through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not your strength. It's not your might. It is His working in you for Him to will and to do of His own good pleasure and bringing us to a place where His glory fills this temple. And you get enough of these temples filled with the glory of God, you'll fill the physical building with the glory of God. That'll fill the street with the glory of God. And all of a sudden you'll begin to sense that He's Ezekiel's river that came from where? From the house of God. And it was a river that began to flow. And that river represents the Spirit of God. And there's a river that can come so mightily from the house of God that it's not just knee deep or waist deep, but it's a river that you step into and you don't carry it. You don't even resist it. It begins to carry you. It's the glory of God. It's the glory of the Spirit. It's the glory of The Lord God's intent is to fill you with the glory. It's to fill you with the glory. He's a mean old bad God that just wants to snop me out. He's a cool God. He's the man in the sky. Please don't ever say that in my presence. Nothing crawls at the back of my skin. More, I'm a mild-mannered person. You may have just met me the first time. I'm easy-peasy. But man, that just grates on me. Like petting a cat the wrong way. Like nails on chalkboard. The man in the sky and I, we have an understanding. You don't understand the living God the fire in his eyes and his passion for you let me say to you god wants you to be filled with his glory he wants you to be filled with his glory why do we want to substitute the glory of god for some temporal satisfaction why do we want to compromise the truth of god's word and say it's okay you're okay i'm okay look where that has gotten us we're not okay if we're not in God. We're not okay if the likeness of Jesus Christ is not our constant, continual thought. We are not okay if we're so consumed with everything around us that we're not interested in what's going on in us. It's when we get to the place to realize that wait a minute, consider my ways. I am tired of doing the same thing over and over and over and getting the same results over and over and over. Maybe I need to do something different the other half of that promise is this the silver is mine the gold is mine no I'm not preaching prosperity let's keep going stay with me come on the glory of this latter house is greater than the former says the Lord of hosts and in this place I will give peace says the Lord of hosts In a world of chaos, in a world of confusion, in a world in which we are combating the Antichrist spirit on a daily basis, when the world is saying panic, 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 you need to be full of fear, full of fear, full of fear, a fearful person is a person easily guided into the shelter and behind the walls. I'm not saying to you and I'm not standing against the oils of you understand what I what I am professing to you today use wisdom obviously if you're in a person who is in a compromising position as far as your health, I understand those things. That's not the avenue that we're traveling on. I'm saying if you choose and you have to shelter in place, uh, that's so be it. It's okay. Those of you that are tuning in, I'm not refuting what your decisions are. What I am saying is don't shelter in fear. Shelter in wisdom. What I am saying is that the torment of your mind uh, that keeps drawing away all of your attention uh, in trying to destroy everything that is good in your life I'm talking about the peace that is promised to you if you will hold on to Jesus and keep him continually for you God will give you a peace it is his will to give you a peace somebody cut very deep into my time today I'm just now getting started to give you my message. (laughs) Hurry up. I have to have a little compassion on Giselle back there, translating the message into Spanish. If you don't hear one other thing that I say today, please hear what Jesus is saying to you. It is time for you to build his house. Not tomorrow, not the next day, not 18 years from now, not a month from now, today, today. Now there's three things that I want to share with you. Those of you that are nervous and I'm going to keep you late, get over your fear. It's coming. God's house will be a house of prayer. God's house will be a house of praise and God's house will be a house of proclamation. It's interesting to me as Ezra told about Zerubbabel and Joshua as they entered in, they laid the, fa- first thing they did was they, they got the altar repaired, put it back on its stand. The brazen altar that sat there in the middle of the court, they, they went in and they erected it and then the Bible says that they were there at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles quick history. Three feasts in Israel. Feast of Passover, Feast of Pentecost. You didn't know Pentecost was in the Bible? No, it's it's there. It's there. Feast of Passover, Feast of Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles, also known as Feast of Ingathering. Passover, Jesus, we met Jesus. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb of the Passover, we met Jesus. At Pentecost, we meet the Holy Spirit. Those two feasts have been fulfilled. The last one remaining is when we meet the Father. And that will be the feast of ingathering, the feast of tabernacles. It'll be the last feast, it'll be the harvest feast. They came in and they erected the altar before they did anything else because my house shall be called a house of prayer. And in that moment, they began in that history of time they begin to celebrate in that season, in that season, the feast of ingathering. But then the enemy stepped in because the enemy wants to thwart, he wants to violate, he wants to stop the seasons of the church. The seasons of the church, of the time of harvest, the enemy wanted to thwart. He wanted to stop. I don't know if you realize this or not, but we are living in the last of the last of the last days. And it is the great time of the great end time harvest. And God is going to gather in those who will be saved, those who will commit their lives to Jesus Christ, those that step into it. I believe there's a season for the church like she's never seen before. Before. it's a season of harvest where you're going to walk into your workplace and the glory and the conviction of god is going to fall on others you're going to walk in and you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover you're going to walk into walmart and they're going to drop their mask and they're going to say i need to know about the glow that's on you i need to hear who it is that you're serving let me say to you i believe i believe i believe that we are stepping in but the enemy wants to thwart that season he wants to change it. My house will be called a house of prayer. That altar is a time of prayer. We're praying on Wednesday. Yeah, we're having church on Wednesday. News alert. September, we're going to dedicate the entire month to prayer. Monday through Thursday. 9 a.m. in the morning till 2. You can come at your leisure. You can come and stay the entire time. If you want to stay over 2 o'clock, we'll lock the door. You're welcome to. You may be without air conditioning, but you can pray. But we're going to pray. And we're going to believe. First thing they did was wreck the altar. I believe it's time we erect the altar, not just corporately, but individually. It is time that you stop wasting time and start praying, Daddy. Start praying, Mama. Start praying, Son. Start praying, Daughter. It's time you've been waiting, you've been holding on. You thought, man, I'm just going gonna, gonna to jump in there at the end. I'm going to be that, you know, I'm going to be that last runner in the leg. I'm going to sprint through on the end. Well, let me tell you, here's the baton, buddy. Let's get it done. Now. Well, I've been thinking about getting my house in order. wonder when I on to do that. Now's a good time. Now. Now. My house will be called a house of prayer. I don't know how to pray. I learned how to pray by praying. What? Yeah. I learned how to read by reading. I learned how to pray by praying. I I listened in on some of the ones that were praying. I thought, man, I like that. I like to pray like them. There's others I heard prayer and I thought, man, that's boring. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> but you learn how to pray by praying. And if you'll begin to pray, and I've asked the Lord over and over and over again, and I still ask him, I say, Lord, what do you want to talk about today? How do you want me to pray today? Who specifically do, do you want me to call out today? Lord, is there anything on your heart that you would like to discuss? Now listen. Oh, you thought praying was just Lord, Joe Bob, Billy Mac, Linda Joe, JoJo, Betty Joe. Bless them. I'm done. Checked it all. Amen. But you know a conversation? You ever talked with anybody and you forgot your too long talker shocker? A what? A too long talker shocker. Would <clears throat> You talk to someone and they could give a rip about what you have to say. But they're going to talk, 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 and they leave. This has been a good talk. <laughs> How many times we go to prayer? Lord, I need this and that and this, and this 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 and this. Let me tell you, you can talk and listen at the same time. You can be praying in the spirit while you're listening in your ear. You can talk to the Lord. This is pretty basic. Don't you say, preacher? Yeah, but we need some communication interaction because we're losing it. We think communication is another post on the Facebook, another Instagram, a TikTok, uh, something of that nature. That's not communication when it's one-sided. You need to begin to not only sit down and ask God and bring thanksgiving in your heart, but you need to take a little moment and you need to begin to listen after you have prayed and listen to what God has to say about you and your situation. And maybe he has a better plan than you do. My house will be called a house of prayer. When is it time to pray? Now. When is it time to praise? Now. I believe the Lord's house is meant to be a house of praise. Now you can't complain and praise at the same time. You can't complain about this one and that one and every other person and still praise at the same time. In fact, I believe it was James that talked about bitter water and sweet coming from the same fountain. I can't praise God at the same time I'm complaining to God. My house will be a house of prayer, the Lord says. But I believe the Lord's house is meant to be a house of praise and a house of proclamation. It's time, church, it is time, it's time, it's time, it is time, it's time to build this house so that these young people, mom and dads, hear me, you may have wasted a lot of years on your kids, it's not too late, mom and dads with young kids, You know what the kids watch? It's not just what you say, but what you do. What are you doing? Does it line up with what you're saying? Don't take your kids to church, bring them to church. Bring them to church. Don't send them while you stay home. Don't tell them to have devotions and you're not devoted. Commit yourself to the Lord. Commit yourself to God. Let your actions line up with your profession. If you say it, let God give you the power to accomplish it. If you know that your behavior right now and whatever you're engaged in is going to destroy your child... Stop it. Moms and dads, hear me today. Whatever you allow in your life, in whatever measure, you have opened the door for your children. If you don't want your children to end up at a place of destruction, you're going to have to close that door in your heart. I'm not promising you that you not do everything right and still problems will follow you. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying to you is if you open it up, if you let insecurity, if you let bitterness, if you let alcohol, if you let compromise, if you allow those things to serve you and you leave that door wide open, you have left your children in a vulnerable place. And it is time to close that door and start living what God has called you to live through the power of Jesus Christ. It is Time to build the house of God it's not my job only it's not individuals teachers and preachers jobs only, it's every single one of us when you stand before God one day it's going to be you and you alone and it's what you have done it's what you have done with the Grace and the blood and the call of God—it is what you have done will determine your reward, either eternally or reward, reward damnation for eternity. It is what you have done, not what I have done. Church, hear me today. God is saying, "It is time. It is time. It is time to build the house of prayer, of praise, a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ." Christ stand up if you will father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ